Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 1, Episode 25, Eye of the Patiger. My name is Athena. And I am Amber, and we are Ex-Wives Undercover. Oh, the Patiger! I love that, man. I love saying that word. (laughs) Patiger. It's just, it's so fitting for the chapter of our book, episode in the pod, uh, because this is, I feel like we're, I mean, the Patiger's already emerged several times. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I feel like definitely you could have that theme song behind you during <laughs> the events suit. yeah <laughs> like running the, the events of this episode i'll understand soon why but do you know what i have the tiger means so when i was trying to figure out what to call this chapter i have the tiger. maybe people already know this but i didn't no, know i don't this. think i didn't so, know until you told me <laughs> yeah so the eye of the tiger is basically um what the prey sees right before they're gonna get killed <laughs> creepy but before the, they go down tiger, so like i turned on my badass and mm. tigered out so he saw me you were his prey that's for sure i know he, he, he everyone he preyed on you but Jeez. you ended up you ended up winning no one ever saw this coming but here we are bonded forever by the same ex-husband once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of X-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. After learning my husband had cancer, I did what any rational person would do. I went straight to Google. I needed to know exactly what we were in for, but what I found out made me sick to my stomach. There was no cure for leukemia and the prognosis for adults wasn't good. Only 25 to 35% of adults live five years or longer. Without even a second thought, I told Ben I'd be moving back temporarily while he undergoes treatment. If this was a means for him to get me to move back to Seattle, he won. Who would ever fake that, let alone put the ones they love through something so terrible? He gets cancer, and I don't even tell you that he's cheating on me, or that someone had reached out to me asking if he was married so i kept that from you but fucking cancer so then you look like a complete asshole if you divorce someone when they're sick and he was so good he lost about 40 50 pounds through diet pills and whatever else he was doing to starve himself you know what though i deep down i never really totally believed he had cancer even though you kind of thought he did to start with I never did because he had done that to Athena I remember you telling me that he told her he had cancer and I thought oh is this another ploy to keep you you know feel sorry for me I've got cancer I I know it was the timing for me I mean I think you thought he did but I just, I just had a feeling because of the house and all the lies there and those things, you know, I just have so many, it was such a pile on of mm-hmm. things through that, I mean, I hope he didn't have cancer and I, I, but I really didn't believe he did. No, my first gut instinct was 
I highly doubt it because of the timing. Right. The timing, but just like with the $21 million. But then, you know. You were married. You was your husband. Uh, but, you know, we didn't say, he did, we didn't think he had no. it. But we didn't really deep down think he had yeah, it. Yeah, we all felt the same thing. It was suspicious. But then I'm like, okay, let me go to the doctor with you. And he wouldn't. So then I'm yeah. really suspicious. Yeah. Never would when you were up there oh no it'll just be a few minutes no need to go no need to go and I thought what's he hiding I didn't really believe it either when you told no. us there were so many things that sounded fishy at that point but then you would talk about but he gets sick and he yeah he does he lost weight and like, how did he do all of that? I remember when you guys came for my birthday, or maybe it was Gabe's birthday, he looked, he didn't look very good. No, he was skinny. But as far as to making himself throw up. I know. To lose weight so that you would believe he had cancer, so that we would all believe he had cancer. That's he the probably, only reason why I started to believe it, because he didn't look very healthy. <laughs> no, he probably dropped 40 or 50 pounds. What do you think he was doing? Did you ever find out well, what he was Athena, Athena knows, and she was in his bedroom, and she could see diet pills on his side table. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then stopping steroids, you'll lose weight very quickly because all the muscle goes away. Oh. So he knows how to starve himself, basically with diet pills <laughs> and fat burning pills, and stopping the steroids. So he lost forty, fifty pounds, and probably abruptly stopping steroids would probably make you sick. Yeah, well, no, I think he went into the bathroom, closed the door, and stuck his finger down his mouth. Oh. Or his throat. He was so good at covering all of his bases. Yeah. With whatever topic he was on, whether it was the cheating or the cancer or the 21 million, he always had documents to go along with whatever situation he was trying to prove to you at in that moment in time. He either gave you the, the documents or placed them in places where you could see them, mm-hmm. and find them, and we all got suckered because there was always some kind of document. While I was getting things squared away in Portland, Ben called to say that he went and got a month-to-month townhome that we could stay at, and he assured me that it would be for the best. He didn't want to be depressed staying at any extended stay hotel needed to do whatever he could to help fight the toughest battle of his life. It looked like they just moved in. It obviously was staged. Sydney was showing me the house and she knew damn well that they had moved in months prior. And so I'm like, do you love the new place? Do you love your new room? So much better than a hotel, right? And she just went along with it. She lied just as well as he did. (laughs) That's the scary part. She, no, I never would have guessed that she was lying to me. So that's scary that she's been groomed. Then I've created a communication app with definitely emails, messages to go back and forth, mm-hmm. a platform, probably the cloud. So, and then it was documented always. So if you need for court, you could turn it in. And so by the time I found out this even existed, it was, was the, the you, following year. Yes. yes. So that was part of it. He was he's pretending like, to be me and mm-hmm. Chris. He is like typing as me, typing as Chris, typing as him, typing as my response, typing as Chris's response, typing as him for a full fucking year. That's so, a lot of energy. Oh my gosh, totally. So we must have gotten that app during the summer because we were 
following the long distance parenting plan, so I thought. Well, we all know from the previous chapter that Ben had already gotten that townhome a couple of months prior and was having Avery come stay with him periodically and even asked her to move in with him. Let's hear more about the excuse Ben gave to Avery for why she couldn't move in with him. She's kind of getting prepared to move in with him and her friends find me. And so um, I have my wedding pictures as my main profile picture at that time. And so it was just, are you married? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, well, do you have proof? I'm like, I was so rubbed the wrong way. I was like, "Uh, okay, yeah, I can show you proof, but who the hell are you? Exactly. (laughs) Like who, where, where's this coming from? So I, my heart, you know, obviously in the past episodes, I was beyond myself. So I showed her my, my marriage certificate. That's right. And then of course, Ben had me block her and said, that there was nothing to it. And Avery um, recontacted him after their high school reunion that past summer. So he played it off like she has been She's crazy again. Yes. Stalker. Yep. That she started stalking him once they reconnected at this, the 20 year high school reunion. She's crazy. Yeah. So. Oh my um, gosh. So, so at I this point. I don't know like what he would have told her because what she's told us is that he claimed I was his cousin. Right. Which blows me my mind because those were wedding pictures. So most cousins don't have wedding pictures. Okay. He's in a tuxedo. I'm in a wedding, a casual wedding dress, not like a super fancy but one. It's still and, very clearly a wedding and Cindy dress. Look, Cindy looks like she's got a, a bridesmaid dress on, or like a little yeah, flower, flower girl. girl. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know how in the hell he talked her into believing that I was his cousin because most cousins don't take those kind of pictures together. Especially one-on-one Weird. That's weird. But then he drops the bomb that he has leukemia, but he also told this to Avery. Right. So his wife is concerned about her husband having leukemia. So I moved back to Seattle into this month-to-month townhouse that I'm just now finding out about. Which is the only home that I knew existed. I never knew he was driving back and forth to Oregon. Just one week before Avery was supposed to move into Ben's townhome, he abruptly told her that she couldn't and would need to get a roommate and find someplace else to live. He actually blamed it on Athena, saying that she threw a fit and said it was too soon to move in together. And he says, yeah, no, sorry. Oh, and let's add this this little tidbit of info. So... He goes out of his way to have her fill out information, including her social security number, because he says that I want to do a background check on her. And mm-hmm. I took him to court because I need to be um, just very well aware of who this woman is. And so he got her to give him her social security number. And driver's uh, license. It was and driver's license. So basically oh, he could take out good. credit cards in her name. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stuff. Yes. Um, so, right. So then she yeah. goes on to get ready to move there. But lo and behold, his wife is living in the townhouse to uh, be there for her sick husband. And now he has to come up with a game plan and a whole new story to yeah. tell Avery that she can't move in there. And so lo and behold, yeah. guess who gets blamed on? Me. Of course. Shocker, everyone. I know, right? Double so you... Yes. So you're basically like too soon, too fast. I do not want you. After I did that check on her background check, I said, no, nope, too fast, too soon. 
The judge so, took him in and said, no, Ben, you can't. Yeah. Here's another kicker. So during this time, like we said, you're up at the townhome. He's claiming to have leukemia. Yeah. He's still visiting her and spending time, way less time yes. um, than he used to, which wasn't an extreme amount to begin with. In addition to getting the townhome, Ben proposed that we ask Athena to temporarily go back to the normal parenting schedule since we'd be in Seattle full time for the next six to eight weeks. But there was one little glitch. He made me promise not to tell Athena or Sydney about his cancer. I could understand not telling Sydney so as not to scare her, but why not the mother of his child? Shouldn't she have the right to know? But reluctantly, I kept my mouth shut. Ben wrote on the parenting app. Athena, we'd like to go back to the regular schedule for the next few months if you're okay with that. Work is going to keep me here a bit longer. And surprisingly, Athena replied with, yes, I'm fine with that for now. Before heading to Seattle, I reached out to our real estate agent to check out the status of Chateau Bouget. The sellers accepted our offer and all we needed to do was show proof that we had the cash in the bank. Ben sent me a screenshot of his bank account and that was that. We were all set to close on our dream home on Christmas Eve 2017. I couldn't think of a better way to start the new year. No more Athena hassling us, no more random stalker women, no more cancer, and most importantly, no more drama. The townhouse was okay, but it certainly didn't feel like home. Because it didn't have a backyard, it was a huge hassle to take Boogie with me. I didn't want to burden my parents with asking them to take care of our dog. So I proposed that I just go back and forth, two weeks in Seattle, one week in Portland, and so on and so forth. Even though I talked to Avery myself a few weeks back and was assured that nothing happened between the two of them, I still kept thinking about it. Ben must have picked up on it too because he came home with a printout of the text messages he had previously deleted between him and her. The conversations were just as he explained to me. Avery obsessively reaching out, him ignoring her and even going so far as to say, I think your wires may be crossed here. I thought we were hometown friends, but that's it. I'm married, Avery. Here you go for your folks. Let them know I say hello. Thanks. Maybe we can meet for a bite soon? I can't do that. I think your wires may be crossed here. I thought we were hometown friends, but that's it. I'm married Avery. I'm sorry. Well, maybe I'll see you around? Hi, Ben. I thought I'd say hi. What's new? Hello? I'm on my way to see my wife. Oh, nice. Have fun. Yes, we always do. Hey, it's been a while. How's it going with you? You're a hard one to reach. Have you been to Forks lately? Just curious. Why is your wife there and you're here? That should have made me feel better, but when Ben started being gone a lot, I became increasingly worried. The entire month of December, he would make up every excuse under the sun for me not to join him for his doctor's appointments and started to regularly go to a saltwater float tank and hyperbaric oxygen therapy after work to help combat the sickness from cancer treatment. I wanted to believe so badly that he was telling me the truth, but my gut instinct was on high alert and I just couldn't shake it. While Ben was steadily losing weight, he continued to work full-time, take care of Sydney, and still had a ravenous sexual appetite. That didn't seem like normal behavior to me for someone who was sick. 
and I would make a mental note of every little thing that didn't sit well with me for the next few weeks. How the hell did he keep you away from attending his doctor appointments? Um, he would downplay it and say, Amber, I'm just barely out of stage one. Um, just crossing over into stage two. There's nothing for you to do. It's on the other side of the river or the lake or whatever. Um, and were you working from home? So yeah. it was, it would yeah. have been more challenging. Okay. So I was on the other side and he's like, Amber, it just makes sense. Like, there's nothing for you to do. You can't go in and hold my hand. It's not like that. Um, and it's right next to my work. So, so you know, honestly, the treatments are like an hour, not a big deal. And then he'd come home and he'd bring paperwork, like blood, blood work results. Blood draws. Yeah. I'd go in his truck and he'd be like, oh yeah, see, here's, here's my paperwork. Here's my lab results. And I didn't know what I was looking for. I was like, oh, kidoki. Like how does a person have this much time? Yeah. And not that I don't mind, but at the same time I'm feeling used. Like I came back to help yes. you with your cancer treatment. I don't yes. see you. You won't let me go to the doctors. I'm here taking care of your child and grocery shopping and cooking your dinner. And then you come home for an hour after work and then you're gone till nine, 10 o'clock at night. You're you're basically like a fucking nanny. Yes. Yes. So I'm kind of getting pissed. And a sex toy. You're like yeah. the nanny he's banging. Like, yeah. He's gonna have sex. He gets to have sex with you, take care of his child, you cook and clean, you do everything while he goes out and does whatever the F he wants. And meets whatever women he wants. Yeah. One evening after tugging Sydney into bed, I was doing my parental duty and perusing her phone to monitor for inappropriate activity. She was only nine years old and we didn't want her to get into trouble by downloading social media apps, talking to strangers, or giving away any personal details. I noticed that she had sent a text to her babysitter that said, guess what? Me and daddy got a townhouse. Now, that wouldn't normally alarm me, except for the fact that the message was dated in August of 2017. And according to Ben, he had just signed the lease in early December after finding out he had cancer. He, of course, had an excuse immediately when I confronted him and quickly changed the subject. I didn't have time to dwell on it, though, because the next red flag came at me full force immediately after. Just a few days before we were scheduled to close on our new home, My friend and real estate agent, Sarah, called to tell me about a strange call. She went on to explain that the seller's agent called her and said that a man from a 425 area code, which is the Seattle area, called and offered to buy the home outright without even seeing it. The man was pressuring him to have the sellers break contract with us. And in so many words, they were implying that it was Ben who made the call. Mortified, I assured her that it couldn't have been Ben. He would never do that. I couldn't help but wonder. Do you see a pattern like when he would have issues and seizures and troubles is when he got caught for something or you were getting ready to call him out on not following through? I remember this one night, and I've told you this before, he faked being in pain and puking. Oh, I don't think... Really? Yeah. He came home and I don't think it was a night that he did the float tank or anything, but it was like he wanted me to see like if I don't do the float tank and... chamber then i get really sick from the after effects of the proton therapy so he, he is so went sick into the in the fucking head oh, yeah. oh my god he went to the bathroom upstairs oh, and my he child's was father <laughs> yes i know he was puking his brains out i don't know if he was just sticking his finger in his throat he was puking oh, his sure. brains out. i couldn't get in the bathroom because he shut the door and locked it and so i'm outside the door like can i get you anything are you okay and he's like you know 
puking. That's all you could hear. And then Sydney comes running out of her bedroom and she starts crying. And she's like, Amber, is my dad dying? And I'm like, no, baby, he just has the flu. And but I'm like, he would do that to his daughter. He's a he would go through He's disgusting. That extent of making her so scared that she had to ask me if he was dying. Then he came in our bedroom and he lay down on the bed and he starts shaking. Like, I, I'm in so much pain. I can't take it. My whole body hurts. And he's shaking and like convulsing almost. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to call 911? And it was full on actor. Oh God. He's like a, a B movie actor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It is embarrassing. Yeah. So but I used to play into it like, like in that instance, when he used to do that stuff to me, I'd be like, I'd pick up the phone. I'd even fake it. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm calling 911. I'm so worried about you. I'm like, my husband, he's dying. Like, what should we do? Yeah, then he's like, oh, just kidding. I'm fine. I'm good. He's like, oh my God, I think I'm okay. I, th yeah. I think I'm okay, Athena. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I'm like, I'm embarrassed for you watching you right now. Christmas Eve came and our home didn't close. This time, Ben said that his bank account was flagged because of the large amount of money that was being deposited from the sale of the database and that it needed to go through a standard protocol to ensure it wasn't fraud. How can this be happening again? Here's my friend Sandy with her thoughts. I knew at this moment that he was a complete scam artist and uh, that he was a, committing financial crimes was when you were trying to buy the house in West Lynn and he kept coming up with all these excuses in regards to his wires not going through. And that I, I do wires on a regular basis. So I know what he was saying was just garbage bull and garbage. And, and then when he said he signed the documents for the house and he electronically signed them. And I knew that he couldn't possibly do that uh, completely from start to finish and that it was not wrapped up and he was portraying to you that he had purchased this house and the whole transaction was just delayed because of other people's incompetencies which I yeah. knew was not true and then he told you I was full of bullshit yes oh my gosh I forgot about that you know and the listeners don't realize that I had I still to this day am not a homeowner so I've never actually been through the process and so yeah I just I had I kind of I, I don't know I I was very naive with the transactional details and no one including you was telling me that doesn't happen and yeah. so but it wouldn't matter honestly I was already up to my eyebrows in it I think we were married at that point. So I, I was in and I wasn't quite mentally ready to get out, but it yeah. would have just, it, it was so stressful during that time. I knew something was up. I knew it. And by the time the second house went through, I was beyond myself. I was so done. But what, when did you find the financial fraud? Because you did not tell me about this until I divorced him. And you're like, you sent me a link to a freaking article online and there was this mugshot and I about died. Yeah. Well, I knew based on what you were telling me about, um, that, you know, the wire, the wire issues that he was having with the purchasing the house, the document issues he was having. Those were my first indicator that he was 
proficient in, in financial crimes um, because he knew enough to just say enough to appease you, but he didn't know every last detail. And because I work in finance, it was very clear mm -hmm. to me that he was running a scam. And yep. if he's capable of that, he's capable of other things. Um, I actually never told you this, but I spent several nights in bed on my phone. I was like, I know this guy is up to no good. Yeah. And I was Googling him. And I spent uh, on King County records looking for... Uh, documents indicating that he had prior arrests or records and I did find some but at the at the time I it was hard to sort of decipher what I had found mm -hmm. and their records, records are hard court records are hard to go through and they don't so, show details of a lot of the case numbers either it's like you kind of know but not really and oh yeah. Yeah. And so I had done that for hours. And then one night I did find his mugshot uh, for insurance fraud. And I knew that that was another question mark. Like he knows how to commit insurance fraud. He's a fraud himself. Yeah. And that I held on to because. I didn't feel it was the right time to share that with you. I didn't feel like you were in the right headspace for that until you sent a group text to all of your friends and family and included him mm -hmm. that the relationship was over. And that was my celebration <laughs> right? that, okay, this is it. Now I can share this and expose him for yeah. the fraud that he is. Oh my God. That... That was just the tip of the iceberg. You know, obviously we learned even more than that, but um, that, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, that- and he still denied it. Oh, I know, I know. He, he doesn't it. back down. He will not. It's It blows me away. He'll look you right in your face and think you're an idiot. And you're like, it's in print. It's in writing. He still yeah. to this day is like, no, that, that was all yeah. a bunch of BS. He definitely thinks that he can manipulate any situation and that he's the smartest person in the room. And he's really not. I wanted to just call him and say, the jig is up. Just stop messing around and just be honest because not only do you have Amber in this, you have our other friend in this, but you're also putting these people who think you're gonna buy their home through turmoil yep i know and he doesn't give a shit about anyone upside down all for show yeah all for nothing i know and it so blows my he mind can look good so that he can look like he's accomplishing something i didn't know whether to be sad or angry i'm sure at this point i felt every emotion possible once I gathered myself, I told Ben that I wouldn't be joining him at his family's house for the holidays. I just couldn't bring myself to pretend that we were a happy family. Even though I faked it on social media, we weren't. Not even close. And once I calmed down, though, I decided to go ahead and drive in the snow to Seattle so that we'd be together for Sydney's sake on Christmas morning. Six more weeks go by, and in typical fashion, we lost the house. Even though Ben was giving me document after document and even CCing me on emails to the bank, 
to prove that he was telling me the truth, I still couldn't make sense of anything. And one of those things was Avery. Why was I still thinking about her? While Ben had gone to Forks one night to help his mom with some kind of urgent matter, I cracked open Facebook and decided to do a little research. And sure enough, I found her. You have a sixth sense. I knew something was off. And I'm just like, this moment I've met you, yeah, you have such a strong sixth sense. Like, you know, your gut is so strong. Yeah. And I just, something about that trip set me off. And I was on a mission to find her last name. I thought I heard it correctly. So I was spelling it wrong. Or it was like something very similar. I don't know if I'm describing that right. But somehow... I was playing with the spelling of what I thought her last name was. And there she was. I found her. And let me say one thing. During all of this, I kept telling him that a woman will never put anything to rest unless it makes sense. And when I was married to you, Ben, nothing really ever added up. And so I could not put it to rest. So if you could just make sense of things for Amber, she would leave things alone. And if you're being so honest and if everything you're saying is true and correct, then she doesn't, she will, she'll stop digging. So I, I think why I started thinking about her was because he left me by myself again. And I'm just like, you're gone all the time. And that he never was like, like that ever. He was always home. And so the fact that he was constantly in change. Yeah. I was like, he can't juggle three women at the same time. That's what. He added two full-time girlfriends and a wife that he wasn't expecting to move back. So he was struggling, I'm sure. He was getting bitched out by me. He was getting bitched out by them because they never see him. And so he was doing his best to juggle, but it set my alert off. This woman who told me just weeks earlier that she respected my marriage and never did anything with my husband had posted a public photo of the two of them together, captioned, established in 1985 with a heart and arrow emoji, basically alluding that the romance began when they were kids. Absolutely stunned, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Here I was, alone in Seattle, trying to support my husband, who could potentially be dying of cancer, and this is what I get? I couldn't help myself and sent her a quick message. Just curious as to why you're posting pics of you and my husband on Facebook. Inappropriate, don't you think? And within minutes, she responded. You must have the wrong guy. My boyfriend is not married. I don't believe any of your crazy lies. He has always loved me and always will. You need to move on. Seriously, who was this person? She certainly pulled a 180 from the woman I spoke to on the phone a few weeks back. My mind was racing and I was volleying back and forth with her and I was desperately trying to get a hold of Ben. He finally answered and I explained what had happened and demanded that he FaceTime with me. Avery had told me that Ben was with her, so I was about to find out if she was telling the truth. Sure enough, Ben gets on FaceTime with me and in the background was his mom's house with all of his family. They all waved to me as he gave me the I told you so look. But Avery was adamant that she was in a full-on relationship with Ben. We exchanged several more text messages throughout the night, and when I woke up the next morning, I read her last message telling me that Ben was going to the court to slap a restraining order on me. Are you fucking kidding me? This woman is absolutely crazy.
crazy. You must have the wrong guy. My boyfriend is not married. I don't believe any of your crazy lies. He's with me right now, by the way. And I was like, excuse me, question mark. I go, Ben Jameson is not your boyfriend, sweetie. Can you prove that he's with you? Because I immediately call him. And I was like, get your ass on FaceTime right now. I need to see your face and I need to see where you're at right now. And I'm freaking out because like her response, because it was completely opposite from the woman I spoke to on the phone. Yeah. Yes. Apologetic and respectful. So nice. This girl was like, I don't believe any of your crazy lies. And my boyfriend is not married. She's a little feistier. Yeah. Feistier. And he's like, you're such a psycho to me. Like you're a psycho. And he's like, I'm here with my family. You're freaking the hell out. And everyone, like his cousin, they're all waving, like wave to Amber. She's wanting to know where I'm at right now. And she doesn't trust me. So I'm confused because I'm like, this biatch just said that she was with him. He just FaceTimed me. He's not with her. Yeah. So then I'm thinking, okay, maybe she is crazy because he's clearly not with her. Then it was just game on. She wasn't really with him. Or do you think she was with him earlier that day? Possibly because I don't know. I'm all confused because... Unless she was with him and his family and they, no, that couldn't have been either. She wouldn't have allowed that, you know, like a FaceTime call. So she lied to me. That's what I thought because he wasn't with her. I FaceTimed him. I saw his mom, his family, his mom's house in the background. She's calling me crazy. She is. Okay. She was calling me crazy. And she says, I don't believe any of your crazy lies. And I'm like, I gave your friend my marriage certificate. Hello? Look in the fucking court system. I remember just being like, what is wrong with you? Are you kidding me? Like, why would yeah. I be out to you if I wasn't with him sitting in his goddamn townhouse? And so yeah. then I call him. He's not with her after she just said he was. And then she That's doesn't confusing respond again. to me. Yeah, super confusing. So then I'm just up all night and I keep calling him and he's not answering. At the, after I FaceTimed him, then he stopped taking my phone calls. So now she's fucking going off on him. She started, yes. She obviously was. And he's doing recon work. Yeah. So him and her were probably fighting, but then she starts picking up on her messages like in the middle of the night. So me and her are going back and forth to like three in the morning. And then she starts asking like, what kind of car does he drive? Really? You don't think I know what kind of car my husband drives? My heart was pounding like never before. And I was just running on adrenaline at that point. Ben played dumb as usual and tried to calm me down, but I wasn't having any of it. I was in full-on tiger mode, and this dumb bitch was challenging me, my marriage, and everything that I had known for the last four years, and I wasn't about to stand for it. This was my family, not hers. When I told Ben that I was calling Avery on FaceTime right then and there, he freaked out to the fullest extent, and before I knew it, all 230-plus pounds of roided-out Ben was on top of me, wrestling me to the ground, trying to tear the phone out of my hands. I'm telling you, it was full-on Hulkamania in my living room as we struggled on the floor. I was kicking and flailing everywhere and yelling for him to get the fuck off me. I'm dying I'm, right now. I know. So I did not him, know this part. So he's seeing, because he's on the group message on Facebook Messenger. It's me, okay. her, and him. So he can see what we're saying. And I'm, I'm like, we're FaceTiming her right now because I'm trying to tell her. I'm like... He's here right now. He's not at the courthouse putting any kind of restraining order on me. I'm his fucking wife. Oh my God. You need to back the hell up. Like, yeah. I don't know who you think you are, but back the hell up. And she's just going off, tigering out, and (laughs) tried to just push my buttons. Like, I don't know his personal. 
if you are married to him, then tell me this. Tell me, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to even humor you. He drives a goddamn Escalade, okay? Like, <laughs> really? Like, yeah. I don't know this shit. And so um, then I'm like, he's calling you. And she's like, no one's calling me. Yet. She's like, see, he's not calling me. And I was like, he's calling you right now. And he pretended like on his phone that he was going to call her. And then I try to get on the thing and he'd be like, she hung up on me. She keeps hanging up on me. So I'm texting her going, did he call you? No, he's calling you right now because he's standing next to me. Yeah. Do you call so her yourself? Yes. Yeah, so that's when oh our big brawl happened. So oh I'm sitting God, here God. like I'm flaming that I'm like all the way up here, Matt. And he's like, she's, she's hanging up on me, Amber. She's picking up the, the phone or the FaceTime. And then she's hanging up on me. She doesn't want to talk. She's, she's crazy, Amber. She's nut job. And I was like, well, clearly she's a nut job. I'm talking to her right now. So I was like, fine, I'm just going to call her myself. So when I said that he freaking tackles me to the ground, he comes from behind me and his arms are, are over the top of me trying to get to my phone. So we're like, in a struggle and I'm kicking, I'm flailing everywhere. And we end up on his wood floors in like a full on wrestling match of him trying to get my oh phone out my of my God. hand. So I can't FaceTime her and I couldn't get her dialed. Thank God your adrenaline was probably helping you like gain strength yeah. to push him off of you. Yeah. But I couldn't get her called because he ripped my phone out of my hands. And at that then point, you I was your like, phone? did you like break it or think, throw it or uh, no, did you get scared and give up? I think at that point I was like, I don't even care. I hate you. I want a divorce. I never want to see your goddamn face again. I was at that point. like, Especially because if he care. tackled you, you knew. Yeah, I was like, you just tackled me to the ground. I'm out. And I remember storming. I just grabbed whatever I had in the house. And I said, I never want to see your fucking face again. I hate you. Have fun. His behavior told me everything I needed to know. The fact that he was that desperate to not have me call her confirmed that something was indeed going on. And without a word... I grabbed whatever belongings I had at the townhome, got in my car, and sped off as fast as I could. This time, I was done for good. I never wanted to see that man's face or hear his name ever again. And now, your red flag, not so fun fact. Do you notice how there always seems to be a big emergency or something really big that happens when Ben gets called out about something? For instance, when I realized that the first house was back on the market, he suddenly had $21 million. Or when he got caught cheating with Avery, he suddenly has cancer. These are huge red flags. It's not that they didn't go unnoticed on my end, but I still wasn't in a place where I was mentally ready to walk away. If you have a Ben in your life, write down these types of incidents. You'll be able to physically see the patterns. Also, do you remember in a previous red flag segment where I talk about paying attention to actions, not words? The same goes for yourself. If you're anything like me, threatening to leave every other day is going to fall on deaf ears if there is no action. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. Does that make you sad? I don't want to give you, I don't want you to have bad dreams, sweetie. And like, I don't want you to feel sad or bad. And this might be too grown up for you. And she's like, I don't care. I said, you don't care that this person died? She goes, no, I don't know them. She just detached herself personally from contact with people. And I don't think she trusted herself to make any decisions because she was constantly being told what to do, how to act, what to say, what to not say. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think she could just naturally grow into who she needed to be uh, because I, not in my wildest thoughts, whatever thought, what was oh happening, my gosh. your home was happening. So my mind didn't even go there to like calculate that into all my like research and digging I was doing. In his mind, he's probably not doing anything wrong. I know. It's sick. So, yeah. It's really sick. He has no moral compass. Yeah. No. So um, he only finds his moral compass when he gets caught. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.